Welcome to Across Acoustics, the official podcast of the Acoustical Society of America's Publications Office. On this podcast, we will highlight research from our four publications, the Journal of the Acoustical Society of America, also known as JASA, JASA Express Letters, Proceedings of Meetings on Acoustics, also known as POMA, and Acoustics Today. I'm your host, Kat Setzer, Editorial Associate for the ASA. Joining me today is Stanley Chain of Hampton Signey College. Um, we'll be discussing his article, Sound Speed Measurements and Ethanol Water Solutions in Kentucky Bourbon Whiskey, which appeared in Proceedings of Meetings on Acoustics and is based off a talk he gave at the ASA's 177th meeting in Louisville, Kentucky. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me today, Stan. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Awesome. Um, so first, tell us a bit about yourself and your research background. Okay, well, I earned a bachelor's degree in physics from Hendricks College, which is in Conway, Arkansas. And then I got a master's and a PhD in physics from the University of Mississippi. And I'm in my currently in my 33rd year in the Department of Physics and Astronomy at Hampton-Sydney College. Um, Hampton-Sydney is a small liberal arts college founded in 1775, making it the 10th oh, wow. institute, institution of higher learning in the U.S. Um, since I've been here... Um, I've been studying the acoustic property of bubbly liquids for the past 30 years. Uh, the presence of bubbles and liquids have a, you know, a profound effect on the speed of and absorption of sound. Uh, for example, the presence of only 1% air in the form of bubbles in water can drop the sound speed from 1,480 meters per second to about 110 meters per second at certain frequencies. Oh, wow. What led you to researching how sound travels in whiskey? Well, that's a very interesting question. Um, while at Hampton City, we're a liberal arts school, so we are. Um, uh, I, I've done a lot of different things here, and when I saw the 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 meeting, the national meeting in Louisville, Kentucky, I thought, okay, we've got horses, we've got baseball bats, and we have bourbon whiskey, and I, I, I found that um, doing acoustics of a bourbon is would be a lot easier than trying to study the acoustics of baseball bats or horses. <laughs> So I just thought it was a, a a nice thing to look into. Yeah, totally. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Great idea. And then you get to test whiskey, right? <laughs> I do, yeah. So how fun can uh, that be? Yeah. Um, so tell us about your experimental setup. Okay, the setup. Uh, first of all, I wanted to decide, you have bourbon, what, what kind of acoustic properties do you want to measure? And to me, the most logical one was either absorption or sound speed. And mm-hmm. sound, so I decided to go ahead and set up a, a an experiment to measure sound speed. There's a variety of ways to measure sound speeds, but what I chose what's referred to as the time of flight method. The time of flight method basically is uh, relatively simple. You have one hydrophone, which is a microphone underwater, that is a source of sound, and then you have a second um, hydrophone as a detector of sound, and you send a pulse through one, knowing the distance between it. You measure the time of the flight of the wave of the pulse and just take distance divided by time and you can come up with the sound speed. So did you figure out if sound travels differently through whiskey than through ethanol and water? Um, and in that same vein, did you see any differences among the various whiskeys you tested? I, I, I started thinking, okay, I'll start looking into bourbon, what bourbon really was. And it, it turns out bourbon is really nothing more than ethanol and water solutions. The brown color, it actually just comes from the, the aging process in the barrel 
and mm. with the, the ethanol water um, interaction with the charred barrel. So what I thought first is first measure some sound speeds and ethanol water mixtures. And uh, so I just decided um, how hard could it be, right? You just set up um, some, get ethanol mixed with water and measure the sound speed. So I was all prepared uh, to do this. And uh, my naive self and all the chemists already know this, that when you add ethanol to water, it's a, uh, all of a sudden the temperature heats up, it creates bubbles, and the sound speed goes, you know, increases by, you know, 10, 15, 20 meters per second. And it took me a little while to figure out what was going on. Um, so it actually, that, that actually threw a curve in all this. I thought it was going to be a lot easier than that. So um, if you find yourself trying to let the temperature um, cool down, it, w- it takes a while. So it was very time consuming at first until I figured out really how, how to do the, um, take care of the, the temperature increase and so forth. Um, mm-hmm. But so and another thing I learned about from my chemist friends, if, if you take 100 milliliters of water and you mix it with 100 milliliters of um, ethanol, it does not add up to 200 milliliters. It adds up to about 196 milliliters. So it actually, the volume decreases, which means the density will increase. So that's that's another aspect of ethanol and water that I learned about and had to contend with. And and so the way I solved all this is because if you take a a mixture, uh, it's at room temperature, then you add you add it about five degrees Celsius, it, it's going to take a long time to come down to room temperature. So mm-hmm. I wanted to make measurements at room temperature first. So basically what I did is um, I would get, I'd mix ethanol and water and I would know the concentration. I would let it heat up. I would then put it in an ice bath to cool it down to mm-hmm. about uh, you know 20 meters per second. And then I would actually put it on a heater and had a magnetic stirrer, and I would measure the sound speed and the temperature at the same time, and so as the temperature would go up. And after I did this with about 20 different concentrations, I could then pick out um, the the temperatures, you know, the isotherms I wanted to use. Mm -hmm. Um, It turns out that there are many published results on ethanol water uh, sound speed measurements. And they're all mm-hmm. at 23 degrees. And I'm pretty sure that I know why they're at 23 degrees is because anytime you add ethanol water, it, the temperature increases. So everybody made these measurements at 23 degrees. And um, my numbers came out very favorably toward those. So my ethanol okay. water measurements, um, I thought were very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, did you find out if... Uh, Sound travels differently through whiskey. Whiskey, then. Well, this is what I found. As far as now, let's get to bourbon. Yeah. And now there's an interesting. It, it, I'll try to describe. First, I want to describe um, what the sound speed in ethanol water kind of looks like in a graph. So I'm going to try to explain a, a graph. Okay. If you think of zero zero um, ethanol, that means your sound speed in water at about 23 Celsius is about 14. 1,482 meters per second. Mm-hmm. Okay, up to about 30% ethanol, mm-hmm. as you add ethanol, up to about 30%, it increases to over 1,600 meters per second. After that, it starts decreasing 
at almost a linear rate down to 100%, up to 100%. Okay. So it turns out that the nice thing about this, at 40% alcohol, you mm-hmm. almost have a straight line. You almost have a linear relationship between uh, percentage of alcohol to the water, which is really good. Um, and the reason that's good is because all distilled spirits start at 40% or 80, you know, mm. 80 proof or 40%. So any, my motivation here was trying to understand distilled spirits. And it's really mm. nice the fact the area that I want to look at is linear. So any scientist knows that anything that's linear is always much easier to work with. So then I guess uh, tying into that um, with the various whiskeys that you tested, does that mean the sound speed um, just varies based on the proof for the whiskeys? That's precisely what I found. Um, okay. Part of my experiment was to, um, first of all, I got some bourbons. I had, I, mm-hmm. I had a friend that able, provided me with about 15 to 20 different ones, and I had to go buy a few. Um, and that was interesting to have all the bourbon in the lab, but I worked that out. I wanted to measure this, the concentration of it, how much ethanol. And it turns out the first thing I did I used a floating hydrometer, and these these are designed to measure the density of the fluid. I found those to be time-consuming, um, and also um, I could only get percentages to 1% um, accuracy, accuracy. So okay. I wanted something different. So for this experiment, I just assumed what the manufacturer put on there, the label one, if, if they said 40% or 42%, or there's some of them say 94.1%, I'm assuming mm-hmm. that concentration was correct. Mm-hmm. So I was so I put the bourbon to the sound speed measurements at room temperature. This was all done at room temperature, and I compared those measurements to my ethanol water mixtures at room temperature. Room temperature being 23 degrees Celsius, and um, and they came out um, right on top of my ethanol water mixture. So the brown coloring, it all what I found, all that mattered was the temperature and the sound speed. And from those two parameters, you could determine what the percentage of alcohol was in the in the distilled spirit. Okay, so we already kind of discussed the factors that seem to affect the speed of sound that travels through alcoholic solutions. It's uh, temperature and alcohol content. <laughs> now, one thing I did notice um, in the in the data, there were you know, several bourbons that were at 40%. Mm-hmm. And there were several bourbons. There was, um, I, I don't remember that which one was which. It seemed like it was like 91.3, a fractional percent. And there were some that were only off by less than 1%. And my sound speed measurements actually resolved that. So I could actually see um, if it was, it was where it was supposed to be on the graph. With it, even, even the small changes in concentration showed up. I could differentiate that on my, in my data. That's super cool. Okay, so what is the impact of this research then? The impact, that's a great question. <laughs> I started to do more, more experiments and I wanted to find a way to precisely measure um, the concentration of alcohol, uh, ethanol water mixtures. And it turns out there is a device out there Mm-hmm. Cost me four thousand dollars, and I bought one. Um, uh, the college bought one, <laughs> and, <laughs> and the mechanism—it it was very precise. It basically the way it worked: it would suck up some of the fluid, 
it was shaking in an oscillator, and knowing the temperature, it could determine the density of the fluid, and then it then converted that density to percent alcohol. So it could, mm-hmm. that's the way it worked. And it took, um, it would take about 30 seconds. Most of that 30 seconds was not in the oscillation, but measuring the temperature um, of, of the fluid. And mm-hmm. like I said, and this, this, this device was about $4,000. And I, I liked the device. It worked fine. Once again, mm-hmm. it, was, it was expensive, though. And my, one of my motivations, I did, I did not set out to do this. But after I saw the data and saw that wasn't very expensive to measure the, the concentration of alcohol and distilled spirits, um, I, my goal then was to design and build a device that could do this um, with a lot less cost. And yeah. I've actually, my prototype, I've done this in, in, with the help of a, one of my friends who's a computer programmer, and it, I, I've done this for less than $100. So. It's, uh, as Bob Ross would say, a happy accident. <laughs> there you go. It, it, I, like I said, I did, I did not start off thinking I was going to build this device. See, my first motivation was the Cusco Society meeting was in Louisville, Kentucky, and I think somebody needs to do something with bourbon. Yeah, Louisville. right. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I mean, that's reason enough, right? right sure. Um, <laughs> um, so do you have any future research planned in the same area, perhaps looking at propagation of sound through mint juleps, or um, since you're a bubbles guy, what would this look like with beer or wine? Well, that's a great question. First of all, I've been making sound speed measurements in bubbly liquids for a long time. And every time I, I, I mention that to one of my friends, they, they always say, hey, I, I have champagne and beer. You want to, that's a bubbly liquid. And so it's, uh, it turns out, this method probably wouldn't work very well in beer or champagne just because oh. the, the bubbles would be dominant. Right. Not only do they change the sound speed, but they introduce um, a lot of sound absorption. So it, it would be more difficult unless you did flat beer or flat champagne. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said mint juleps. Okay. Um, although I've not made these measurements, um, distilled spirits, most distilled spirits don't have many additives. And so, when you start looking at wine, there I think the sugar content, the mint juleps and things like that, I think that sugar probably is going to have an effect. Anything you add to a liquid is probably going to affect the, the sound speed. So if you want to keep it relatively simple, um, you know, ethanol, water, bourbon and scotch would be good things to do. Vodka would probably be good to do. And I yeah. actually might do, I'm a, I actually plan to make measurements in those just to see. And yeah. ask the question, why not? So <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> um, well, thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. Um, it's so funny to hear that this research you did on kind of a bit of a whim just ended up with a new invention, essentially. Um, right. Maybe this will inspire some of our listeners to study how sound travels through barbecue sauce uh, for the go. national <laughs> meeting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Nashville's coming Yeah, up. right? Yeah, I'm not sure what, what I... Barbecue sauce or, or country music. Oh, yeah. Country music would be good. Thank you for tuning into Across Acoustics. If you would like to hear more interviews from our authors about their research, please subscribe and find us on your preferred podcast platform.